0: Hey guys, this is John Dean coming at you from another episode of Nomad Happy Hour. Today we have Sarah on the episode with us. Sarah and I met actually online through one of the Facebook pages called the Nomadic Community. Um, she reached out to me a while ago to come and meet up with her about putting out her story. Uh, her and her son have been living for a while in some tent communities and also was in a, a van before that and now living by the Colorado River here in uh, Ehrenberg area. So it was great actually to meet her. She uh, joined us at the Nomadness Gathering, which you guys have heard in the past episodes that we were at for Christmas and New Year's. So her and her son, we came over and picked them up for Christmas, and they came over and joined us for the big uh, festivities and, and meal and whatnot for the Christmas time. Um, So, Sarah, how long have you and your son been living the the nomadic lifestyle?
1: Well, actually, so since we met, I went back to try to think about how this all started and stuff. And so I was like, wow, we have to go back. So we're going to start with 2008, whenever it was two. And he said, um, I had a little picture on my phone of a beach. Um, palm trees in the ocean it was like two like maybe like one inch and I was holding him and here's the phone and he said we live here and I said okay
0: (laughs) and that started so
1: he saw an ocean photo and he was totally like we live here and I said sure and then the people across the street were moving to Kauai and it kind of resonated with me so when I met his dad, we were together for like a year. And then I was like, you got to go home and do your thing and take care of your kid and stuff. And so I raised Everett for a year alone after that. And then when he was two. So it had been him and I for a year. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We were living in a house in Cottonwood. And he was like, we live here. So I'm like, okay, let's get rid of everything. Cottonwood, Arizona. Cottonwood, Arizona. Yeah, Cottonwood. So I moved to Jerome in 2002. We were down in Cottonwood. And, uh... I was like, let's do this. So we started like getting rid of things and like scaling down. And that Minimalizing was their life to be able to move out. here. Two thousand eight. So we were gonna go to Hawaii, but then we moved and we moved and we got back up to Jerome. We got to Oregon. We got to Sebastopol, California. We were homeless in California for like a year. Then we came back to Arizona. Then we traveled in a, a car and then a van. I mean, we moved to Kauai finally. It took eight years <laughs> to of traveling and getting back to Arizona, getting back to Jerome to get to Kauai in 2016. And so we got to a Kauai and I looked up apartments and I was like, hey, we could get an apartment. and. The beach could be walking distance and nothing is walking distance it's all drivable mm. so i was like that's okay. interesting
0: because i've actually never been to hawaii <clears throat> yeah to know so
1: that. i'm like we'll drive the whole island we'll figure out where we want to be gas was 369 in mm-hmm. 2016 so i'm like okay we're not driving the whole island we'll just maybe get a place we'll figure this out and so, since gas was expensive and I couldn't find a place reasonable even to rent, I'm like, I'm gonna buy a van and we're gonna live in this van. And we did. I bought a Dodge Caravan mm-hmm. and we lived in the Dodge Caravan for uh, two years on Kauai. And so, we met young people that were backpacking and living like this. We also met people that were like, oh, my mom raised us the way you're raising him, you know, this lifestyle. So, we started to meet people who were living, you know, very simply.
0: And, Was it um, easy for yeah. you and Kauai to live van life? Because what I've heard through the, uh, through the community is that it's actually really hard It's Kauai. very
1: difficult. So when we arrived and I got a rental car, um, I mapped out this spot I wanted to be in for him because they uh, teach the KK, the Littles, to swim at Lydgate Park. And so I'm like, this is the first place we're going to go. So we pulled in and I'm like, okay, we're in a car. We're in a rental car <laughs> and um, <laughs> we're going to sleep here. We're just going to sleep here. So we're in the back and we're trying to sleep and cops are coming through Mm -hmm. and tapping on people and telling them to leave. And so like the second night we're in Kauai, I get a tap on the window. Give me your license. Who are you? Why are you here? You cannot sleep in your car. And I was like, oh, (laughs) that was kind of my plan. (laughs) you know. I'm like, okay, so where can we sleep? You are not. It's illegal everywhere. So locals are not allowed to, I mean, it's like really crazy. It's really Americanized. The The island is really Americanized. And all of these laws, you can't sleep on the beach. You can't sleep on your car. You can't randomly just walk and like pick fruit. You think, oh, right. I can eat an avocado. So they strip the trees because if coconut trees actually fall on people, mm-hmm. then they're liable. So they strip trees and... Pias hmm. and avocados, so you can't just walk around and get fruit. you have to like go to a food forest or like grow your own or something so it's crazy it's crazy, so we, we lived in a van for two years on island and we made it work and it was really difficult and really living difficult.
0: living in such a beautiful area of course you know how did you guys decide to come back to the the united states or where you guys were in the states but still come back to the regular states so
1: because it took eight years for us to get to hawaii when mm -hmm. we first got to hawaii i was like we're gonna stay for eight years i'm so not moving Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we're staying he was like yeah this is great so we did a year and we lived in the van we traveled a lot of the island And uh, I started off with him in school when we first got there. He got enrolled in school. And then two months into it, I had a really special friend pass away. And I was like, wait, she was like 48 years old, had a daughter a year older than him, Mm -hmm. and a daughter that was getting married in like a week or two. She passes away. And I'm like, what's life all about? You know, like I'm her age to be
0: able to enjoy. Yeah.
1: I'm like, and you're in school. I'm like, kids were kind of like, you know, you're the new Holly boy, you know, Mm -hmm. your little blonde, blue eyed kid, you know, um, you know, so they were kind of like, you know, we don't know you. And I'm like, you're having a problem at school, getting to know people and friends and stuff. And I said, my friend just passed away. I said, we don't have to do this. Mm -hmm. I can take you out of school and we can travel this island and we can see more of it and not be restricted to just this spot and so he was like fine so i took him out in fifth grade and we're like this is now called life school so when you meet someone they have something to teach you and something to learn you know we all have something to teach
0: each other learn out of every situation that you're put into basically yeah
1: so the guys that we were meeting and hanging out with that were like fishing and hiking kalalau and making spears and stuff i'm like hey these guys can teach you how to fish you know then you can, like you said, like, do you eat the fish? So right. I'm like, if you catch the fish and you guys prepare the fish, then you can eat the fish. So he was learning how Does to, spear fish. he do like, all that fish. Um Well, now he doesn't. He's not doing a lot of fishing. We don't know how many fish are in the water right now because it's kind of low. And he doesn't, you know... We haven't identified the fish, and nobody really knows which ones to eat. Okay. But if someone came along and was like, hey, we want to, you know, cook some fish, I'm sure he'd be like, yeah, let's make spears. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> Let me show it. you how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so so we, 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 you know, went to food pantries, and we you know drove around the whole island and we met people who were doing the same thing and we were really involved in community and Mm -hmm. we started attending um a center for spiritual living so we gained friends and met people and stuff but we were really truly alone in our car Mm
0: -hmm. traveling you know well as you were saying you know being part of the community, no matter on what community it is, it's nice to have those people when you're alone. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, to, to mm-hmm. either count on or call on and be like, "Hey, can someone help me out with this situation?" Yeah. Or yeah. do you know where to where to get this certain thing?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So when you guys got back to uh, the mainland, um, what was what was the next step when you guys got back to back to this area?
1: So we were on Kauai, and after the first year, I said. Do you want to stay? And he said, yes. Yeah. So we stayed. And then at our second year anniversary, I said, Do you want to stay or do you want to go? And he said, What would we do? And I said, We would go to Michigan and live on Mackinac Island mm. for the summer. Beautiful spot. Man. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And we'll live on Mackinac Island, and maybe it's a small enough island. Like, you could get a cart, and you can do recycling, mm-hmm. or you could, you know, we'll become a part of that community. I'll get a job waitressing. He's like, let's do it. So... <laughs> he sounds we,
0: like a young entrepreneur, though. Yeah,
1: right? So I was like, okay, let's do this. So I was like, book the flights. And we booked the flights. We flew in on in April, and we left in April, and we booked the flights, and three days later... Um, the, the island got flooded, like the worst flood. Like we ended up like living in a car and it rained a lot and then the car was leaking and things were getting wet. I was stressing out and I was crying and then our van was totally leaking. Time to go. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) So so that was like we did we got rid of the van and we got off Mm -hmm. the island and then three days later the whole island flooded so it was like it was like yes we had to go so we flew to arizona we stayed Mm -hmm. for 10 days and then we got to michigan and we did get up to mackinac island and we got there at the very like the second day of opening there's snow still on the ground Everett Mm -hmm. and i don't like snow (laughs) we're like oh my gosh it's too cold
0: gotta go So, did you, but then you guys got uh, stayed there, right?
1: We stayed one night in Mackinac (laughs) and decided that it really wasn't what Mm -hmm. we were thinking and it was way too cold Mm -hmm. to get through a season. But um, so then we went back down to Michigan where his dad's family lived. We stayed in Michigan for three weeks and then my mom and uncle picked us up and took us to Florida and then I got a job at a kids' camp for the summer. Um, in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I loved it, this little Christian kids' camp, <laughs> and I was, like, chatting with the kids and making food and stuff, and he got to come play.
0: So you said your, you know, your mom picked you up and took you back to the Florida area. Mm-hmm. Is that where you mm-hmm. guys are from, is Florida? Um, no, you...
1: actually, I was born in New Jersey. Oh, really? Yeah. What part well, of New Jersey. Jersey area? I was born in Hackensack, okay. New Jersey. And lived in, like, the country, like, Kinelon. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to Arizona when I was seven.
0: And did you guys do any of this kind of same lifestyle growing up?
1: Um, you know, it's really funny. My brothers were, like, Boy Scouts, and they, like, camped and stuff. I think I did that with them once. Hated it. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to ever do it. Um, went hiking or something with my dad and my brothers, and we met a guy who had just killed the bunny and, like, Stripped it and the buddy was pregnant and I was traumatized yeah you know, that's <laughs> what I associated like camping with mm-hmm. like no, yeah, killing animals and things and stuff and I didn't like it I didn't like it at all they would you know like like tube the salt river when you had to like park a car and park a car and mm-hmm. like tube the river and you know go yeah. down and stuff and I didn't like that so I didn't do really anything. Outdoorsy, growing up. It's I actually didn't.
0: funny because a lot of people I meet in this lifestyle that live it full time, yeah, uh, really don't have a lot of like camping uh, background yeah. within them growing up. Yeah. yeah, and then we grow up and we're like, shit, we can do this, and we don't really think of it as camping anymore because this is our home.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 The closest thing was um, in high school, um, my dad wanted this really cool van so yeah. like you see these cool vans that are like all decked out inside you yeah know? so this is like 1985 and my dad was like you know hey let's go buy this van and my parents come home with this like striped tan van it's kind, it's of kind of, of nice inside, inside. Mm-hmm. we're like wow that's kind of cool we have a van but there's five of us you know in the family So then they got rid of that van and then they come home with this blue van and it's like all velvet and had a television and had a little bar and these plush seats. And, you know, so, so we traveled in a van, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was like in high school and stuff. So I have to, that's like the closest thing to like, and of course it was not cool. You know, it was like, oh my God, we have a van, (laughs) you know?
0: I know. Now it's like a little thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now I'm like, oh, I would still live in that. I'm like, mom, remember that van?
0: Yeah. I believe when I met you at Christmas, I think I told you, I was like, man, if I was a kid these days and my Mm -hmm. parents said, let's go live this lifestyle, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's do it. Because there has to be more kids out there, you know, not like the, not like 12, 13, 14, but like getting out of high school, you know, Mm -hmm. 18 years Mm -hmm. old, Mm -hmm. you should know about all these different kinds of lifestyles. yeah, Yeah. Because then you can choose instead of getting yourself so... Uh, stuck within a regular realm of, of life, of the yeah. nine to five. And
1: when I was in Jerome, I had gone through cosmetology school. I was a hairdresser in Scottsdale, like the mm-hmm. Phoenix, Scottsdale area, and I moved up to Jerome and kind of was a mentor to young girls, you know, eight, nine, ten, you know, and um, and I was like, ladies, when you graduate from high school, don't go straight to college, take a break maybe travel you know go to Tempe like Jerome is a different state like yeah. in itself you know it's got 450 people and you know you know everyone knows everybody mm-hmm. go down to Tempe go to Phoenix just get away from Jerome before you make your decision like to like go to college i feel bad for you some know? of these people
0: that have never left even yeah. their own town
1: People in Jerusalem don't love. Yeah, girls I, girls I babysat and were hanging out when they were like 12 are still there and are mm-hmm. having families and are still there and they've never left. And I they
0: live vicariously like, yeah. through all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did, did find that out when we went back to town because, mm-hmm. you know, um, Facebooking, you mm-hmm. know, we're homeless here, we're doing this, we're doing this, and Everett's in school, he's out of school, he's doing this and stuff. And, and people, women were like, oh my God. I totally, like, follow you on Facebook. I'm like, what are you doing about You've never like, liked, who, you know what I do on Facebook. I love your lifestyle. I'm like, how do you even right. know,
0: like, You've never commented, yeah, you've never messaged yeah, right, me, you've right? never done nothing. I'm like, I know nothing. And I didn't even know women, you were my friend on yeah, Facebook.
1: <laughs> women were like, I would do this, but my, you know, my husband wants the kids in school, but mm-hmm. I would travel, you know, I meet lots of people mm-hmm. who are like... Oh, I so totally want to live the way you live, you know. And and then, of course, sometimes my kid was like, you know, well, we would also like to have a house. You know, mm-hmm. we don't always have a house. But if you think about it, we, we don't have electricity. We don't have, um you know, a stove, a kitchen. We don't have bathrooms. We've lived like that for so long, like living in a car. Mm-hmm. So living in a house, is like, what? <laughs> I mean, if you it's think cool. about
0: it, though, we do have those things. It's just in a different different state of mind right we have solar which is electricity Mm -hmm. we have Mm -hmm. maybe a one burner two burner stove which is our kitchen right
1: very primitive yeah some some people are like
0: oh my god you have this little mini fridge that's smaller than a mini fridge and it's like
1: because you don't need a lot because i don't need
0: a lot right i'm by myself Uh i don't need to be making meals for five six seven people at a time maybe one or two people
1: yeah
0: or when we do make big meals everybody chimes in
1: right and gives a little bit of something we never even had a cooler till we got here like Jim totally was like take this cooler I'm like I don't want a cooler I'm like I've never had a cooler we buy food for a couple of days Mm -hmm. we go to food pantries you know on and off we've had food stamps and not had food stamps and I've you know take odd jobs and work and stuff but we live very minimally I'm like you know we can get get gas in the car get insurance and a phone and some food we're good you Mm know 200 bucks a month we got this you know
0: so while we are on this topic what do you guys um type of eating habits do you guys have out here and what do you do for work you know how do you guys afford to be able to get some of your guys so that's that's
1: the one question that everybody Mm -hmm. always asks so so Everett's dad lives in Michigan and he has a son that he takes care of and stuff so he um like maybe whenever it was like 10 he was like I could send like $200 a month if that would help I'm like yes of course that would help yes so as a single woman wanted to raise her kid like homeschooling and and totally totally out of the box you know no one everybody works, you know, 60, 70 hours a week and your child's in school and then they're in daycare and then they're in morning care. And I wasn't about to do that. I'm like, I want to spend time with my child. So, you know, I was a hairdresser in Scottsdale and then I moved up to Jerome and I've waitressed, you know, so Mm -hmm. I can always go back to waitress and I take odd jobs and stuff. So Mm whenever it was actually conceived and born, I was doing hair on the side and, um, making money and getting rent paid like that. And then, I took two weeks off. I I did hair to the day the night he came
0: out. <laughs> well, he
1: didn't come out, but the, I did. I was gonna say, I hope you like doing someone's hair like, and he
0: come flopping out. Of no,
1: them. so I was nine months pregnant and huge, and I did a weave and a cut. I mean, we're talking about like two hours standing in the kitchen doing a you know lightning and cut mm-hmm. and. And then she left, and then I had a half an hour, and then another client came, and I weaved her whole head and cut her, and so some more standing. So she was actually a psychic in Sedona, mm-hmm. and she says she put her hands on my belly, and she, like, said to him, it's okay to come out. You, you, you know, you can come into the world now. Mm-hmm. And my water broke that n- night. Holy <laughs> cow. So. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So I worked up till, til, you know, that day. So I took two weeks off. And then I actually had like a... I saw that if you take like um, a big uh, piece of fabric, you wrap it around your body and your baby goes in it and you're all wrapped in. Yeah. So if he would fall asleep, then I would wrap him and I would cut and do hair. <laughs> So he was either on me or on my back. Mm -hmm. And after two weeks, I was back to like doing hair. And then since he was little and I wanted to stay home, I babysat, Mm -hmm. did stuff, you know, and have always gotten by. It's really amazing. So when his dad was totally like, you know, hey, I could, you know, commit, I can commit to sending you $200 a month. I'm like, Mm -hmm. look, some women don't get anything. You know, they've got five kids. You know, some women get more. I'm like $200 a month. So I was like, shit, man, that'll pay, you know, car insurance, Mm -hmm. a phone, gas... And like I said, we've been in and out of, like, having food stamps and then food pantries. If you go to local food pantries, they're usually throwing away a lot of really good food. Oh, yeah. So um, we've eaten at food pantries. We get involved, you know, wherever we are with volunteering and serving food and being a part of it. Mm -hmm. So we've always done that. So I'm mostly vegetarian, vegan, and I've cooked like that for him his whole life until, like, the introduction of people like, oh, do you know what burgers are and stuff?
0: (laughs) Of course, being out here quote unquote camping. Yeah. It's like all that anybody wants to eat burger and hot dog. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So growing up like eating lots of salads and eating really healthy grain food and you know organic if we can, if Mm -hmm. not pray over it (laughs) (laughs) but um and then you know we only buy for every couple days you know we'll go to a grocery store buy a couple days of food we eat that and then we go to the grocery store buy a couple more couple days food so i've never yeah so in traveling we've never had a a refrigerator
0: you make it into town every couple days and you -hmm. you guys Mm -hmm. don't have a vehicle Mm -hmm. out here
1: so what's really cool about this? So um, I got to this spot a year ago. So there's a crazy story. Do you want to hear how I got here? Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's the point of okay, this. Okay, so we want to open here all the stories. <laughs> so so in, in traveling, I bought the car. Um, I bought a Toyota Privia in Cottonwood. Mm-hmm. This guy was selling it in Prescott, and I I needed the car. We needed to get out of a and B and into the car and then onto the road so i buy this car and we literally load our four bins into the back of the previa and we drive away now we're living in cottonwood sedona homeless you know home free we're in a car where are we gonna go i don't know we'll figure it out we can park on 525 we can park here we'll park all over we'll figure it out so we started in sedona And there's an amazing community in Sedona of, like, ecstatic dance and, you know, very conscious people, and there's vortexes, and it's an amazing place to be. If you can get to Sedona, there's a stupa there. Um, It's just incredible energy in Sedona. Mm -hmm. And um, a girlfriend had asked if I would clean for her. She was like, you know, I have this cleaning business that I work for, and you could bring Everett, like yeah, because that's what I was doing. Bring my kid to work, and I would clean mm-hmm. houses and stuff. And so, so she's like, "It's in Sedona," and I was like, "I don't want to go to Sedona." Like, uh, work in Sedona? I'm like, "Let me map it. Let me figure this out." So we got to Sedona, and I did this clean job. And it didn't work out that I was going to work with. She kept canceling on me. She's like, okay, I need you tomorrow at 10. And I'd like, okay, tomorrow at 10. And then she would cancel. And then she'd call me, I need you this. I said, no, thank you. I'm done. I said, I rearranged my day after working for you and helping you and you cancel on me. Mm I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm gonna go back to doing nothing. <laughs> she was
0: wanting to keep you on a leash so, or something.
1: Yeah. So but that got us to Sedona. So I'm like, hey, there's a park. Let's stop at the park. There's a skate park in Sedona with the most amazing backdrop. Hmm. And and it's like wow. And then people were like, hey, there's an ecstatic dance tonight. I'm like, what's happening? So we really met a lot of amazing people in Sedona who are also doing what we're doing.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So
1: people were like, you know, it's getting colder. It was getting colder. It was starting to rain. We were all getting really cold. Well, what's next? What's next? Are we traveling together? Are we going anywhere? People were like, yeah, there is a... um, tribal visions festival happening on the solstice in December in Arizona in southern Arizona and a whole bunch of people are heading to that we're like cool that's what's next Mm -hmm. so we left Cottonwood and we got to Dewey and when we were in Dewey we visited this woman that we just met and they were like, hey, we're going to go party in Prescott. So we go to this Prescott party with all these little kids. It was a little kid birthday and all these moms, like the hippie moms in mm-hmm. Prescott Valley. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> They're like, oh, what's your sun sign? What's your moon sign? What's your rising? I know all of my kids' signs. And I was like, what? Like literally are crazy. I didn't Speak- know. I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So and this, think
0: back, you're like, no, no, I'm not going to Sedona.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be in Sedona. Mm-hmm. But that opened up all these amazing people. So this woman was like, so I'm psychic. And I was like, oh, will you do a group reading for all of us who are here tonight? She's like, I don't like to do group readings. I'm really better one-on-one. Ask me a question. So I was standing there, Lindsay was standing there, and Honey was standing there. And we're like, hey, um <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on, honey. And she's like, "Um, yeah, ask me a question. So she talked to each one of us, you know, for a couple of minutes. So my question was, and this was my question, John Dean. My son and I are traveling in a van. Are we getting a (laughs) beef? Shit, I just remember this. Are we getting a bigger vehicle? And she said, yeah, you will be getting a bigger vehicle and everything's going to be fine okay and I was like okay so she goes so you're gonna get en route and you're gonna meet she's like eventually you're gonna come into contact with your twin flame you're gonna meet someone at a gas station I think he's getting gas and then after you do your work, you'll be, you know, reuniting with mm-hmm. your twin flame and stuff. And, you know, she's like, it's at a truck stop. It's at a truck stop. You meet somebody at a truck stop, like getting gas. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's something like that. And I was like, okay. So we leave this woman. And Everett's, of course, like, what, Shay? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He said, You know, whatever. So then my psychic friend Russell said, you should go to Ehrenberg. And I was like, what's Ehrenberg? He goes, I don't know. I think you'd like Ehrenberg. It's by the river. And so I was like, okay, whatever. So we leave Dewey and we get through Phoenix and, um, I'm connected with a woman from Sedona, Natalie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's meet up. We're going to Ehrenberg. So we get to Quartzsite. had no idea Quartzsite was like a big, huge, like outdoor, um, flea mart. Like, so many people we? do not know about What Quartzite? is this? So we're going to keep going to Ehrenberg and we stop at a pilot and we're like, oh, this is truck stop. (laughs) It's a big, huge truck stop.
0: You felt it.
1: And honey said, you're going court site. The night we met the psychic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know where we're going. She goes, no, that's a big, huge truck stop that place. I'm like, whatever. So Natalie and I are there. We're at pilot. We end up here for five and a half weeks. And I say to Everett, I'm tired of the dirt, tired of the wind. I never want to drive down this road ever again. Mm -hmm. We're leaving. So we leave. We get a room in Blythe. We stay three nights the night of the full moon. I'm like connecting with the moon. Don't want to go anywhere. We go all the way up 62 to Joshua Trees. I took him to Pioneertown. We come back down. We're coming down the road. And I say, I make a spot on the map, like maps, maps. Mm-hmm. And I say, I'm going to take you right here. We're going to pull off. By the river, and I just want to be with you for like three days. I need to like have time before we go visit with people and stuff. It was Schoolie Palooza time, okay. and I said I just want to be right here on the river. And he was like, "Okay." So we're driving. We're right coming over California line into mm-hmm. Arizona, and I say, "Do you want to go to Schoolie Palooza?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay." Just I, the name alone makes it. Okay. Yeah, we totally will meet cool people there so i take the phone away from him i don't let him like map it mm-hmm. and i take the phone away from him and i get off the off-ramp right here in Ehrenberg, and i stop at the pilot well we drive a toyota previa it kind of looks like a little spaceship it's really funky looking mm-hmm. so we're pulling in and there's a black toyota previa parked right there and of course we're like car that looks like ours <laughs> <gasps>
0: And it's I funny when you see other cars and you think, like, your family automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I pulled in next to him, and he's got his open, and I had my hair up in a ponytail like mm-hmm. this and stuff, and this guy comes around, and he's got his hair up in a
0: ponytail like <laughs> his this, and I'm like, what?
1: And the, like, and what? I just stopped here in the same car, and my Wait, my kid just broke the handle off our car. Who breaks a handle off a car? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you pulled way too hard. And then his handle's broken. i I'm like... Off. <laughs>
0: And this then, is too much
1: I know so he's like yeah I've got a type- <laughs> typewriter in my car I'm like I've got a typewriter in my car And I'm like wow this And Everett's just sitting like on his game Like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'm like talking to this guy Like we're at a truck stop He's like yeah I'm gas jugging mm-hmm. I'm like oh my gosh So we're totally chatting it up And I mentioned this woman's name And he said oh yeah she's my sister And she's right down by the river And I was like, what? What? He's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, family, you know, brother, sister kind of thing, you know, traveling buds. And I'm like, no way. So he gives me the directions. He's like, right here, you make a right before the trash heap, because the trash heap was on the GPS. Mm -hmm. And you turn in, and there's her camp. So I promise you, if the dot that I had picked and the dot that we ended up were within a mile of each other... We ended up here on the river (laughs) and with people that we knew from slabs. Okay. And we're like, oh my gosh. So we're here. So I was down there for a couple weeks. Like I said, then that guy put his gun on my princess chair and then I came up here Mm -hmm. and then I put my tent here in February and I've been living in the tent ever since.
0: And nobody comes back here and bugs you guys. Nope.
1: This is like a main road. We've never been bothered. Mm-hmm.
0: It's the, amazing. The
1: first night we got here, we were having fire down there, and I felt like we were surrounded like this, the really huge bubble.
0: Mm-hmm. And we were
1: in this crazy bubble, and we were protected from like that camp to this camp mm-hmm. and all around us. I was like, we're here, and we're totally protected. We don't have to worry about people like, oh my gosh, be safe, be safe, be safe. And we we're always safe. Mm-hmm. But, but for some reason, I felt like this was a really safe space and little bubble to be in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're fine here. We're fine. All of us are fine. Hmm. So we stayed. And um, I've been living in the tent ever since.
0: <laughs> so ever since then, though, did you get rid of the car? That oh,
1: yeah. Right. So we were going to go back up to Cottonwood. We were planning on leaving in September. I spent the summer here. It got up to 120 degrees. We made it through the summer. It was really difficult. Everett was here for some of it. And then in September, we were going to go back to Cottonwood. And um, I was like, okay, we'll leave on Tuesday. So we would have packed up our whole camp, the blue tent, everything over there, and got all back into our little previa, which we now can't fit in because we've acquired more stuff. (laughs) So it would have been packed. Sounds
0: like life story. Yeah,
1: so it would have been packed. We couldn't sleep in it anymore. So I'm like, okay, we'll pack up on Tuesday. We'll go to the food pantry. We'll head up to Cottonwood. So then I said, "Well, maybe we'll pack up Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll leave thursday morning we'll We'll hit the cotton uh, the quartzite food pantry. We'll get up there. And then my friend Jim was like, "Hey, if I don't come back to like Friday night, will you stay so I can say goodbye mm-hmm. And then um I was like, "Yeah." So then my girlfriend Trisha in Cottonwood, it was her birthday. And her band was playing at main stage. I'm like, cool. We'll leave on Saturday. We'll drive straight to Cottonwood. We'll go straight to the bar and hang out. And we're we're there. You know, this is great. We're leaving on Saturday.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Thursday morning comes, and it was like, let's go to the food pantry and get some food. You know, we need some food. And we're driving. And a couple of days prior, the car had made some weird noise, like a. And we we're like, what's that? Like, I don't know. Was that our car? Hmm. I think so. So we're on the freeway, we're driving, and I said to Everett, there's no cars even around us. We're the only car going from here to Quartzsite. And I was like, you smell oil? He's like, no. I'm like, I smell oil. I'm like, there are no cars around us. This is our car. I smell oil. He's like, I don't know. So we get up the Quartzsite. um, We're coming up the ramp. And it sounds like the whole bottom of our car like drops out and scraping all the way up. And we're like, and we're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? What happening? is this? Our car? <laughs> and what was it? What's our car? The rear differential locked up mm-hmm. and just messed up the whole rear end. Holy cow! So we were hearing metal scraping. So we turn, we get down, we park in Mobile, we get out, and the back of the car from the middle is just, like, smoking. Oh, boy. (laughs) And we're like, what's happening? So I call my friend Jim, who's Mm -hmm. now in town. I'm like, hey, we just broke down in Quartzsite. I really think we need to be towed. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do this for us? He's like, okay, I'll be there in a while. So the car actually, like, rested for a little while, Mm -hmm. and then... I rested for, like, two hours, and then there's a mechanic across the street, and we're like, well, maybe we can, like, back it up, get it across the street, Mm -hmm. you know, and this guy was like, what's going on over there? Because we're in the middle of the gas station trying to move a car that's not moving, And uh, some guys, you messed up your rear differential. <laughs> like thanks. Thanks. So we did get it across it? the street, and then the guy was basically like, so it was a '93. We didn't fit in it. it. Needed new tires. It had so many things that were happening. When I bought it, the guy didn't tell me on the phone that it had an oil leak. I'm like, can I just come drive the car away? He's like, yeah, you can just come drive the car away. It's perfect.
0: It's drivable. (laughs) So I
1: get there in Prescott, and he's like, it's got an oil leak. I'm like, I'm still driving this car away. So we knew it had an oil leak. It had a lot of problems, Mm -hmm. and it would have been, like, so much to, like, fix it, you know. Like, so to put $1,000 into a car that we can't get back into, Mm -hmm. you know. I was like, we can't do this. (laughs) We need a bigger car.
0: So, we need to graduate. So, all these places that you guys have been and all the different experiences that you've been into, car breaking down, you know, and then meeting the person at the gas station and all these things, do you ever think back and have regrets on this lifestyle that you're in? No. No. <clears throat>
1: so... A lot of people think I'm, like, dragging my kid through my lifestyle and stuff, and they're like, quit dragging your kid through this crazy lifestyle of yours, and I'm like, that's not... We make decisions together, Mm -hmm. like, on where we want to be and what we want to do. So, a couple of years ago, I have a girlfriend who has a son who's four months older than Everett, and she, of course, has the job and the leased car and the Mm -hmm. house, you know, and he goes to school and, and plays video games, and she works, and... You know, I'm like I'm with my kid. Yeah, yeah. What people think you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do, and I've never done that. So she called me a couple years ago, and she's totally like, you know, you need to come back here and settle down, and you need this and you need that. I'm like, stop telling me what I need. And she goes, well, Everett needs. I said, no, Everett doesn't need this. Like we Mm -hmm. travel, he's learning. We've been everywhere, you know. So. I said, military families move around and people don't question them. Couples move around and people don't question Mm -hmm. them. But I'm a single mom and I get questioned. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, stop it. So after I got off the phone with her, I was totally like, hmm, Ev, come here. He's like, what? I'm like, Amanda seems to think that, you know, we have to go back to Cottonwood. You have to go to school. And I said, so let's go back. Let's imagine never leaving Cottonwood. You go to school. These are your friends. You'd be in this school doing this, doing that. We don't leave Cottonwood. You know, we don't. We've spent 16 months up and down the coast. Mm -hmm. I said, we've never done these things. We're just still in Cottonwood all these years later. And he goes, no. I would never change a
0: thing. That's awesome.
1: And I said, Amanda, I had a conversation with my kid. I'm like, can you just please stop? Like, leave us alone. We don't live the way you live. We live a totally different life. Mm-hmm. And it works for us, you know. But people, too, like like single moms really get, you know, a lot of pressure for, like, you know.
0: Unfortunately, it seems like when we move out into this lifestyle, though, that we have to, not have to, but sometimes we're forced into getting rid of those people that <laughs> we were friends, people that were friends with then. You know, like like you can go to you go to school, you graduate, you've worked with them, you've grown up with them, all these things, and the next yeah. thing you know, just a yeah. just a different lifestyle yeah. is like yeah. Nope, we don't have anything in common anymore
1: because I don't work forty hours a week right. and have my child in school we're we're considered you know i feel what like it's almost doing to that kid he's had more experiences like oh so we left slabs in 2019 in april we drove 16 months we lived in a Ford expedition mm-hmm. we went all up the coast oh lighthouse let's stop that was a lesson mm-hmm. we're learning about the fresnel lenses and this kid learned how to read when he was five and i told him you can teach yourself anything. Mm-hmm. Read and you can learn and teach yourself anything. So we stop at a you know, lighthouse and you can get a tour and they talk about it and there's all these things to read. That's a history lesson. Mm-hmm. You go to a next lighthouse, they have a different lens. There's another lesson. So mm-hmm. we spent 16 months driving up and down the coast, stopping at places and learning along the way. You know? and the best
0: thing about that is like it's not this robo, robot, monotone teacher standing up in front of <laughs> right? you, literally reading from a book, word yeah. word to word, word to word. Yeah. And just because it's their job.
1: Yeah. And and most kids not really interested in what's going on. So when we left, so when we left here, and we cruised out of town and we got to Blayth, I just found a little curve where there was. Um, farmland and we parked we we spent three nights there and um, I was like the moon is coming up he was looking for shells I found beautiful rocks it was mm-hmm. a nice place to be so we stayed there and a cop did pull in one day and kept going and then pulled in on the next day and I said look we're having problems with our front our, our steering wheel was doing something weird mm-hmm. I said I've got to call into my brother he's going to let me know what's going on and then we're cruising out of here he was like yeah yeah because you really can't sleep here I'm like I know Right. But we do that, you know you you stay until you're asked to leave yeah. or or like on Kauai and other places, you know, um, cops come bang on your window and you're like, you know please get out of here." you're like, ah, <laughs> so um so we normally stay in a place until someone says you can't be here anymore and uh, move on. but we haven't spent other than living here and living in a Airbnb last like two summers ago for three months, we've been living in a car, so we're in a car and we're a night here, two nights here, maybe three nights, we're one night here, we're one night here. We're slept in parking lots. We slept by the beach. We've slept in neighborhoods. I've had to figure out where we sleep, where we go to the bathroom, everything we do. You know, and my kids always like, "Where are we sleeping tonight?" I'm like, "I don't know." You know. And it has it's head. really stressful and it has been really stressful for the most part though, like right now. If anything went down in the world, we're already living outside and mm-hmm. living without electricity and living like this. So it's not going to really... It's not affecting us. Like, it seems like
0: you're pretty strong backbone about it, though. Like, you have a very strong-minded thoughts about the way that you guys are living and believe in it.
1: Well, yeah, because we're not living in fear, too. Mm-hmm. We're not living fear-based. Everybody, you know, sends kids off and they're like, you know, um, you know or don't be, what do people say? Be careful. When you say be careful you're saying that there's things out there that you need to be afraid Mm -hmm. of so I've always taught my son to say be aware of your surroundings wherever you go because we're always safe. Mm -hmm. We're always protected. You know, we're always safe unless we have those fear based thoughts and then we'll bring those things into our environment We've slept up and down the coast and we've never been Bothered. Mm -hmm. There was like once on Kauai, we pulled into the parking lot and kids were partying, and I parked close to them. And I was like, I can't do this. You know, the music that's happening and I I don't hear very well. And I was like, Everett he's like
0: the words are really
1: bad. Like, yeah. You're it's really
0: like a, You're really lucky that you lucky. don't yeah. you can't listen to it. So I was
1: like they're bad, right? He goes, They're bad. So we moved down the end of the parking lot where we didn't hear and other than that, we haven't pulled into a lot of places where, you know, being really intuitive and finding a spot if I felt like didn't like it we'd leave we were on Kauai, sleeping in the van and people said there would be cop cars going past Mm -hmm. us because the the, you know the meth people on the island and we'd be sleeping and had no idea and i was like really really stuff's going on i feel totally safe here so i just say we're like we're always safe and we're you know always aware of our surroundings so yeah can
0: can you give us a little walkthrough of maybe what you know, day-to-day life is out here. Y- so
1: totally. <laughs> <laughs> <having it out>. <laughs> <laughs> <Different>. <laughs> Let's see. I wake up in a tent. Okay. Okay. So my little four person tent, the zipper broke. So at night I have to pin myself in with stick pins. So then I'm in for the night. Mm-hmm. So mornings right now are really cold. So I have to unpin my tent and come out and go to the bathroom. So my bathroom is about two, Oh, I haven't taken any of the bathroom. Yet. Oh yeah. So it's like two hundred and fifty steps okay. that direction. Mm-hmm. So I have to walk over, get my little hoe and my little, you know, good toilet paper that breaks down. Mm-hmm. Go dig myself a hole, go to the bathroom, then walk two hundred steps back. Mm-hmm. do that and usually what I'll do is I'll walk down the stairs which is like what a flight of stairs walk down the flight of stairs go down to the water wash up you know wash the face the water's really cold right here you know and wash up and then come back up the stairs and depending on if it's windy sometimes uh we have had propane and stuff so we've cooked with propane and then when we don't have propane like right now we're cooking Um, Making, you know, something to eat Pancakes or something for Mm -hmm. breakfast Or eating something that we don't need to cook It's been windy for two weeks We have not cooked Like actually had fire Mm. And made food So we're doing a can, open it up, eat it Because it's quick
0: Can you guys just not keep a fire going
1: out here because of the wind? It's too windy. It's way too windy. Yeah. I mean, we even dig it down a little Mm -hmm. and have a little fire in the kitchen right now, and it still gets way too windy. So Hmm. I would not even do fire. So um, we usually so it's been me and my kid for so many years so living in a car you know you have to wake up and eat together so we're really used to waking up and eating together and whether Mm -hmm. that's like something like an apple or an avocado or something like that or we're making something we eat and then um now he goes back to his tent because it's cold during the day and windy and plays his phone and builds legos and does stuff and i go to my tent and um yeah get through the elements during the day. I've been doing my cards and making videos and hanging out in there, crafting and doing things. And then we'll meet up again. I'll usually wait till the kid's like, Ma!
0: I need something. I'm hungry. hungry.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'll meet you in the kitchen where we'll come out again and come back to the kitchen and be like, okay, what are we going to have for lunch? You know, we'll make something for lunch. We'll eat together. He'll go back to his room or walk and go on a Mm -hmm. hike and you know hit his balls or play golf or fish you know he was really like so excited about waking up and fishing in the morning and fishing all day so um and then come back to our little tents and then uh ma i'm hungry Want <laughs> dinner but you know like you know when the sun goes down in the west, it's beautiful all around, mm-hmm. and the sky is gorgeous, some
0: amazing sunsets, yeah, and here. so
1: they're just beautiful, so you know right now we don't spend a lot of time in the water, but I go up and down we do all the dishes and stuff down at the water, so we gotta take the dishes down and soak them, and mm-hmm. then hand wash everything mm-hmm. and uh then bring those up, so depending on wind and what's going on, we're either you know, washing dishes, soaking things, making food. And then since it's been dark at like, what, five thirty six yeah. o'clock, my mom sent us dice and we learned Farkle at oh, that, cool. that, that Thanksgiving thing. I still thing. haven't even learned it. Oh my gosh, you there. gotta play. You gotta <laughs> play. We had so much fun okay. Farkling. So we've been playing... Farkle like four games mm-hmm. every night. Oh cool. So we play games together for a couple of hours or we boggle and then he goes home to his tent mm-hmm. and it's really funny because I won't leave my tent because it's cold at night so he kisses me goodnight <laughs> and then I say goodnight, goodnight baby goodnight, give hugs. Mm-hmm. He goes home to his little tent. I'm mm-hmm. like goodnight night. I said I'm not even walking you home putting you to bed. He's like mom I'm 15. <laughs> so I'm like He's okay yeah, yeah he puts me to bed. You to bed. <laughs> He leaves you know and then we're basically in the tent after that after you know it's 7 o'clock it's cold you know and uh, stay in the tent do some more crafty things write you know maybe watch Netflix and um, meditate listen to frequencies do fun stuff and and then next morning do it all over again so with the car we were going in every couple days Mm -hmm. you know to get food because we were only living out of coolers this summer and that was really hard we needed ice and, um, so now we get food for a couple of days and we fill up water and stuff. And then we kind of just sit and pray like someone we know is either going to call or come by or say, do you mean anything and mm-hmm. swing by. So we really went from like... Thanksgiving to Christmas without seeing anybody. So we were both getting kind of really buggy. <laughs> we're like, "Oh my god, it's been me and you." <laughs> we need people. Who <laughs> you? We need people. So Thanksgiving, we were like, "Oh, if we go to the gathering with so many options of food, we can eat so mm-hmm. much food and meet people, you right. know?" And I'm like, "Gosh, I could tell everybody our car broke down. Maybe someone has some idea of how to fix a rear differential." Mhm. So we didn't have a lot of people visit, like, the whole time. And I'm like, okay, well, I can totally keep myself occupied crafting. (laughs) Go craft. Mm -hmm. Oh, so this is the mind of my child. I'm like, we have to craft. We have to craft. We have to craft. I'm thinking friendship bracelets, crafty (laughs) things. So one day he says, Ma, uh, Craft Vegas has the word craft in it. (laughs) And I looked at him. He goes, Minecraft has the word craft oh my gosh. in it.
0: <laughs> right?
1: And I was like, I had nothing. Uh-huh. I had nothing. So when you asked me to craft in the afternoon, I am.
0: At this time in the episode, I usually like to ask my guests is if you could give out some information to... Newbies that are coming out to the road, usually, you know, we like to give out van life information or schoolie information. So it's great to have a whole whole new look on things and get some information from somebody that's uh, camping in a a tent, living in a tent out here for, you know, over a year and been in the nomad uh, lifestyle. So if you could maybe give some information to the listeners of maybe what to do's and what not to do's out here living the lifestyle that you live.
1: That is that is really an interesting question because we've been doing this for so long. It is, like you said, like if you were to go camping and downsize your house into your car and camp for a couple of days, I mean, you downsize everything, um, you get rid of a lot of things. We learn to live with less. We don't need a lot. We shop. We make different choices and stuff, but um, to definitely get on YouTube and And all the social media, and look at how other people are living to get ideas, because everybody's different. But um, I did come across something that would be really helpful. So yeah, because everybody's different, everybody eats different. Like we don't cook, some people cook, but YouTube is fabulous for that. So at the last gathering, I met some woman named Laura, and she wrote a book, and I read her book. Stacy, let me borrow her book. And I read her book through, and it's a complete guide. I found it to be an amazing... Is that Laura Howe? Yeah, like this complete guide on nomadic living. And so she breaks things down, like, you know... I I thought, wow, for someone who's just getting into Mm -hmm. lifestyle, this is a fabulous book. You know, we've been living like this for many, many, many years. But yeah, YouTube it, talk to people, you know, and show up. You know, be like, hey, I'm going to go, you know... Do this for a weekend and meet some people and see what it's yeah, like. Be open, yeah. guys. Be Totally you know, open. Think totally outside open. the box. Yeah, because we see everything now. We were homeless in Sebastopol for a year. We slept in parks and we walked around and, and we're totally homeless. And so now any kind, I see anything as a shelter, you know. Mm-hmm. A tree is a shelter. You know, a car is a shelter. This is a shelter. Anything we find shelter in you know and and it's a traveling home now Mm -hmm. you know so now wherever we go we're home you know so and we meet so many more people too that's one of the best things that we found with traveling and not being in just a small city is all of the people we meet because we can never imagine life with like all of these new people in our lives you know you're like what if we stayed in this small town we wouldn't know all these people we just knew and so your eyes open to community and culture and diversity it's great that
0: you you know brought up the community aspect of things because a lot of people they come into this uh, lifestyle thinking i'm going to be by myself i'm going to go live in the woods i'm just going to be in my rig and go camp and it's way bigger than that yeah it's yeah. way, yeah. way, way bigger and than that, guys. we're
1: finding more like-minded people mm-hmm. who are living simply. I mean, look what you've simplified your life down to. Mm-hmm. I simplified my life from a three-bedroom house, you mm-hmm. know, um, down to a minivan, right. you know. So we really learned, too. And what, um, I realized um, when we have a lot of stuff and we have a lot of stuff, your house is filled with a lot of stuff and you're afraid of your neighbors, we live in more fear. So I feel like as we shed our things, we shed those fears. So living with less stuff takes away so many fears of people that are, like, living in, you know, apartment complexes and, you know, neighborhoods and stuff that have so much stuff. So we really, we really tend to live, like, like, fearless. Like, you know, I'm going to do this. And and it works. You know, it works.
0: It's really great that you put it that way, you know, losing losing the fear of what we have in our life because we do. We take we take a lot of our stuff and try to hide our fears with it. So,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. At this time, I want to say to you, Sarah, I really appreciate you joining me on on this episode of No Man Happy Hour. I know you've been trying to me to come out and get there. <laughs> Usually it's me trying to get the other Perfect people to timing.
1: So it's Perfect all about timing. timing.
0: I knew I would be Absolutely. out here to come meet you. So again, Perfect thank you very timing. much for joining me. Thank you. So that was another episode of Nomad Happy Hour. Every week there's a new episode that comes out on Fridays, so keep your eyes out for those new episodes that come out. If you guys ever want to be on Nomad Happy Hour, please reach out on Instagram or Facebook at Nomad Happy Hour Podcast or John Dean on Facebook, and you guys can get a hold of me and we can schedule a time to meet up. All right, guys, be safe. Keep the rubber side down. Nomad out there. This is Sarah T and bye!